And we are back with our latest edition of the Shoot Around presented by Bench Talk Radio. We're hitting you with episode 57, the Francisco Rodriguez K-Rod episode. It's going to be dropping on Tuesday, May 25th. Uh, we're recording on Monday of the May 2-4 long weekend. Uh, what's up, fellas? How are we doing? Feeling a little sunburnt. I don't know if you guys can see. My face is like a tomato. <laughs> I'm feeling a little burnt today too, Adam. Do you have the uh, the tan line from your hat or what? I do in like person. You can slightly see it. Yeah. You guys have a good long weekend or what? Yeah, I mean, there I didn't do anything. There's yeah. nothing like the weather was nice I, today. I would, finally. Yeah, I would have loved to be have been by a lake or something, but it is what it is. Yeah, yesterday, like, it was a good weekend for sports for sure. And yesterday, the weather was good. I just spent the whole day outside uh, chipping into this chipping net we have, working on my short game. And I had my laptop right next to me streaming the first I watched the Blue Jays blow it in the ninth. And then I was watching uh, Lakers and Suns and just working on my tan, working on my short game. It was a good day. Sounds like a great weekend. I thought you were going to say you were streaming your your chipping, like lessons for your yeah. kids. I thought about Twitch streaming just uh, just to see, like, uh, just a little how-to from not really a pro, really. I'm not a pro golf player. I'm a tennis pro, but not a tennis or a golf pro yet. So The courts are back open. Have you been out yet? Uh, yeah, man, I'm about to take it by storm this week. I got kind of the regular shifts up and going again. I'm going to talk to my boy, um, Jake, about scheduling another lesson. And next thing you know, I will be kind of the local squash pro or squash and tennis, actually. Big racket sports guy, eh? Yeah, uh, the plan is to master all things rackets by the end of the year, I'd say. Was it racquetball squash guy at one point? I played some squash in my day, yeah. Anything well, you never can... played tennis though, ever. No, it's a good no, it's never. a good game. I, um, it's just really wide open. Uh, I I don't know about squash. I haven't played a game of squash yet. But if it's anything like racquetball, you gets a little claustrophobic. The ball's flying around. That's a lot of stop yeah. and start, stop and start. Tennis, it's kind of less movement, and uh, it can be a little more leisurely, I think, than squash. I don't think there's any squash or racquetball there's no way to kind of casually play that sounds like you're playing it the wrong way man i was gonna say it depends who you're playing against no but i'm saying in general you can do play whatever speed you want in tennis but i'm saying you can play it leisurely you know what i mean you can just kind of i guess rally you mean just kind of yeah you can do that in squash too if you're somewhat decent and can control where you hit it again i i I'll preface this with I've never played squash. Racquetball, there's no <laughs> casual way to play that, man. The ball is flying a million miles an hour. As you were playing a 40-year vet that had no mercy on you. Yeah, that <sighs> he was nasty, man. Like, uh, as much as I probably should have beat Donnie in racquetball, considering he was a lot older than His me. Maybe not Donnie. Donnie <laughs> racquetball. Of course. That man. sounds like a guy that has been playing racquetball for his whole life. But, like, after I kind of told um, this guy at the club, like, oh, yeah, uh, Don took me under his wing to show me some racquetball. But uh, when we started keeping score, he came alive. And I didn't 
he ended up uh, kind of playing a little rope dope and beating me. He's like, yeah, you, Don, he's been our best racquetball player for years. You cannot take it easy on him or he will squash you. I'm like, yeah, squash, I could. Nice. It's a good yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I could, co- I could co-sign that Donnie, like zero, zero side to side movement. But if it's hit anywhere in his uh, wingspan, it's over for you. He's spiking that ball right down the pipe every time. Anyways, that's talking rack, racket sports off the top. Um, as I kind of alluded to, it was a good weekend for sports. Uh, which one do you, what do you guys kind of want to dive into first talking sports was? Do you want to check wanna... in on our playoff picks? I don't want to talk about the Jays at all. Playoff <laughs> picks right now. Um, I guess you and Ben are the only two with a point on the board, right? I regret my draft so hard from last week. Was Edmonton doing, Cam? (laughs) Not great, but Boston got me a point. I'm so glad I didn't pick St. Louis. Man, if I could do it over, I would have taken Boston first overall. It would have been so fun to be like the fake Boston fan, like sarcastically cheering along with Cam, but really you want them to lose so bad, but whatever. Colorado's still a wagon. I'm still in first place. Yeah. Yeah, so you and Cameron both have a point on the board because um, those two series already wrapped up. Um, of teams eliminated, I have the Capitals. So I'm, I'm the only one with a team eliminated so far because no one took St. Louis. But, like, people will, people will be joining me in the O for call. Who, who, had the, uh, who had the Panthers? Yeah, I'll be joining you tonight with the Panthers. Yeah. I'm, Same I'm feeling, with uh, Minnesota, so. Yeah. I'm feeling good about my lightning pick and Nash Vegas. They're giving, um, they're giving Carolina everything they can handle. So that's, yeah, I, uh, that's the one I'm worried about a little bit. Considering I feel my pretty life, good about Vegas. I feel pretty decent about, um, Vegas as well. Yeah. So considering that was my last pick of the draft, like my choice was between Nashville, Montreal or St. Louis. And I feel good about Nashville now. Like, I know it's still anyone's ball game, and uh, Carolina's outshot them so far, but 2-2. Just look at the series. Anyone's ball game. Nashville kind of reminds me of last year's Columbus team, except for the fact I think it's easier to get outshot and still win and have your goalie stand on your head. I think it's easier to do that in five games than a full seven games. I think that'll catch up to Nashville. I hope it doesn't because I want to see the cup on Redstone if it's not going to be it with the Leafs. But it's a big you were saying it, it's going to uh, either Redstone or coming to Fergus, either way. So, yeah, Brock McGinn on Carolina, he'll be bringing it home too. So, I got two I got goals a, the other night. Did yeah. You see that? Yeah, he's uh, he's kind of been a sneaky, decent NHL. He scores big goals. Yeah, he yeah. scores big goals for them. Yeah, like not a lot of fanfare. Like I know he was on a, like he got some time on the top line on that Guelph Storm team, but like not a ton of fanfare in terms of the draft and moving to the pros. He's a, he's a third rounder, wasn't he? Yeah. Like yeah. Not, see the uh, captain of Guelph? No. That was Matt Finn, no? Okay, that's who I was thinking of. And like twenty fourteen, Matt Finn was the camp captain, no? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's kind of that series. Like, as much as I want Nashville to win, I kind of think it's tough to 
kind of play like that a whole seven game series. Like unless they turn on a switch and actually start, they start uh, putting more pucks on net. Like I don't think they can keep this up. Carolina. Did they get absolutely murdered in shots? Oh yeah. Wasn't it like 38, 14 at one point? And it was like a tie hockey game. Yeah. I want to say in that double overtime, the shots were like 60 to like 35 or something. Like Carolina, they're they're clearly the better team, but a hot goalie can steal around in the playoffs. So we'll see if Nashville can hold on. Hot Ducher can. Uh, Matt Duchesne, playoff player. I remember Ben kind of threw out there, probably out of spite more than anything, but he threw out there, Matt Duchesne's not a playoff guy. He's still not. I still refuse to believe it. He scored I, in double overtime man. for Columbus, and I still say I believed you then until I looked it up, and he was actually a point per game for Columbus in the playoffs. So what do you mean? Uh, I, it's more about that he can't win in the playoffs. He can't I mean, make I the think playoffs. That comes back to the franchise. Yeah, he was on a really crappy Colorado team, um, a Columbus team that really, like, I don't know how was anyone expecting them to win. And then Nashville. I'm talking about when he went to Ottawa and he was supposed to be the savior for that team. They thought they were good and they were a disaster. I think that's more of an Ottawa problem than a doucher problem, if we're being honest. That team was weird. You're not there when they went to the conference finals? That was before. That was before. I'm saying Dusha is very overrated, overpaid. You wanted him back in Columbus pretty bad a couple of years ago. I, I, yeah, I went soft. I mean, I'm pretty sure you told him you wanted him back. I'm glad, not for that money. Now, looking back at it, if he wanted to sign for four or five mil, I would have gladly taken him. But eight mil is a huge overpayment, in my that- opinion. Is that the same offseason Bobrovsky signed? Yeah, talk about another yeah. overpayment. Jeez. For your third string goalie, 10 mil. Nice. Yeah. He's All their right. third string. He's wow. on the bench. No, so, he's been playing, but he's been pulled twice already, I think. Wow. They, the they signed him to 10 mil a year when their top prospect is a goalie that they took in the first round, like 14th overall or something like that. 10 years, eight, 10 mil for eight years. Made no Imagine sense, how good but... they could be if they didn't have all that money locked up in him. Did they have them five more years on that contract? <laughs> well, like low key, not a lot of teams actually do well when a goalie makes that much on their team. And I don't care who it is. Like a lot of teams are better way. when they have like two goalies that are making like three, four. Yeah, like Tamp- Tampa's the exception, but their cap is like a hundred mil. So well, Vasilevsky even, even that Vasilevsky's getting nine nine point five a year, which is quite a lot. No, but yeah. they they won their cup with Vasilevsky making three and a half mil. Yeah, and uh, this year they were able to kind of bury um, they were able to bury Kucherov's contract. So next year's the real test whether they can have Vasilevsky in a whole year and Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman. Like, it'll be a lot tougher next year. Like, this might be, like... They'll last... just throw someone else on IR next year and get to the playoffs and do the same shit. I you think guess. that was intentional, Cam? You're one of those guys? Dude, there's no way that Kucherov's practicing for a full month but not ready to play, and then he comes in for game one of the playoffs. Yeah, but if, and if any like team had points. a choice, they wouldn't say, yeah, let's sit our superstar all season <laughs> and let's bet on ourselves making the playoffs. 
Like Kucherov, I don't know, man. Kucherov's surgery legitimately does take like I think it was six or seven months to rehab. So like Tampa can't replicate that unless like they plan to have another player that has like a torn ACL or something that makes a lot of money. Like what? Like how would that even happen? Like Kucherov, I already heard, I heard commentators talking about uh, how Hedman looks hurt right now. So no, but not like they're gonna Just try. Wait. And- that makes no sense, man. Yeah, our Norris Trophy defenseman. We're gonna put him on the <clears throat> long-term IR. Like, I mean, Kucherov was like perfect. MVP two years ago, and yeah. they said, "Yeah, we don't need this guy to get through the regular season." But they didn't say that he was hurt for most of the season, anyways. <laughs> and like, if they were fighting for a playoff spot, you're telling me they wouldn't put him in? Oh, they would have yeah. exactly. But they didn't but- have to at that point. They knew. That's, so that's kind of what Cam was saying. No, that like he was that's ready. He's no, he's saying next year. He said they possibly... put him on there the whole year. Oh, yeah. just like. I just think it's a dumb, like it's a dumb. Oh, he's saying it was locked in stone, like no matter yeah. what they were. Okay. Yeah, then never mind. But like the team still has to be legitimate to make the playoffs without their best player. Like imagine the Leafs without Austin Matthews. Do they make the playoffs? Maybe in the not. North, probably. Yeah, in the North. But when it kind of goes back to regular division, on the Atlantic, now, yeah, the Atlantic's a lot tougher than the North. I'll I'll readily admit that. I don't think Austin Matthews would be almost a goal per game in a regular division. I also don't think McDavid would have had a hundred points in fifty whatever games in a normal division. I'm I'm very fair on that. I don't think the North is as bad as everyone like thinks. Like it's kind of. Man, no, Winnipeg's like a lot better. Uh, Winnipeg on paper, I was thinking about it last night, is a lot better than I kind of give them credit for. Yeah. Their top like six it. is, is unlike, amazing. Gross. Like, it's really good. Their They're issue is more – Like, Hellebuck is the, is the Vesna from last year, isn't he? Um, I think Hellebuck's been a Vesna finalist for the last, like, four years, though. Yeah. I thought he won it last year, didn't he? I thought he won it last year as well. I thought I he won it last year was ago. Vasilevsky and Hellebuck was the year before. Yeah. Okay, whatever. They have a way better team than, than I kind of than yeah. I give them credit for, and I feel like than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah, their issue thing... is just the blue line, though. Yeah, when you look at them on paper, but they I were mean... second in the North for like most of the year until they yeah. lost. Yeah, seven in a row. Well, then Ehlers got hurt and missed the last like ten games or whatever. So scored the winner last night. Yeah, yeah. That Winnipeg has like they were a point or two behind Toronto pretty much all year until the end. They kind of limped to the finish line a bit, but um, like they were, I I said going into the playoffs that if of anyone in the North, I'd rather not play Winnipeg. Like that was my stance mm. then. Like between Montreal, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, I would much rather play either other team than Winnipeg. Yeah, I definitely agree with that now. So for the people listening, right now we're recording puck drop for the Leafs game three against the Habs it's at seven we're recording it's 623 right now we want to try and get ahead of the game uh right now the series is one one so it's uh game one wasn't ideal but I think the last game's much more reflective of who the Leafs are than what game one was so hopefully they can kind of keep the momentum and keep it going game one was so weird once Tavares went down like it didn't like the like it might sound lame because you have to play the game. It doesn't matter what's going on. Montreal went out and played 
to their credit, they went out and won, but it kind of felt like weird energy the rest of that game, kind of waiting to see what Tavares' prognosis was. Paul Byron also scored a Bobby Orr goal. That was that was <laughs> credit disgusting. to him. That was like people were saying, oh, Sandine shouldn't have given it away, but like he's still like Sandine was all over him on that breakaway. What a goal. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Do you remember in NHL a few years ago, like the video games, they kind of had that feature in where you get tripped on a breakaway and your guy would just go down his knees and you still had that like ability to like get a shot off. Yeah. Like that's exactly what that goal was. Yeah, that was, that was nasty. Um, In general though, what were you saying now? I was going to say there's a big difference, like watching the North series versus like any other series. Like when I I, was like, this is kind of boring. Sounds like a funeral, the North Division. It's brutal. You don't realize how big a difference fans make. Well, especially when you look at, like, Nashville and Carolina, and those teams have had, like, full arenas, basically. Not just that, like, Tampa, Florida. Like, like, they want to kill each other after every whistle. And, like, we're going to stick to hockey, but, like, I just want to also throw this out there. Like, between watching that Knicks game with the MSG crowd going bananas and then uh, Phil – Mickelson, like the crowd around him, it's like holy shit! Like, are we back? Canada's not it's, back, man. It crowds. felt like it. It felt like we were back watching Mickelson. I feel like that was the moment for me. Like, wow, sports. Besides the North Division, sports are back. Like, yeah. Apparently, Montreal's letting fans in too, so that's a for Game Six. I think. Not yeah, if they make it. That's if still... they make it to Game Six, they said it'd be like just over two thousand or something. Game that's, six I mean, that's not, gonna... not three and four. It's the date that it's the, the, the date. government said or something. Like that. or something. But anyways, like twenty five hundred uh, fans isn't going to do anything, in my opinion. Like, I mean, it's going to be a lot better than, than zero. I've heard a lot is of it? interviews. I've heard is a lot it? of interviews. Be a lot better. Players said that like three thousand makes like a big difference. Really? I've yeah. been in OHL arenas with twenty five hundred fans, and they it feels empty. I don't know. I guess it's kind of when you're playing in empty stadiums all year, like to a player, that probably makes a huge difference. And I feel like they would do their best to make sure the fans are actually sitting in a spot that it would like the like they're not going to have everyone up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah. Like they went less. They have to. If they if they could pack people in, they would pack the whole place. No, but like it'll be like they'll try and pack them. them They're going to be everywhere. They're going to be on every level. So 2,500 people spread out across 18,000 seats. Okay. I don't know. How is this going to yeah, say? Like, could, I mean, if you could pack them all into the lower bowl, then you'd have be able to, you'd be allowed to have more than 2,500 fans. I don't know. I was just thinking more like, I thought that was just maybe the capacity that the government handed out. And then like, they just try and put them like as close, but as spread out as possible, kind of like Kansas city, um, when they had fans at their playoff game this year, like no one was sitting in the nosebleeds. Like they were all like in the lower bowl, still spread out, but it, like it looked more, it looked like in a situation like that, it looked more crowded than it otherwise would. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. It's like, not going to game six anyway, so. No, I, ho- I hope not. Uh, I, I kind of, as I said, a lot of Montreal fans, like I follow some, like they're complaining about the calls last game, 
And like, I know Toronto did have more power plays, but at a certain point, like I get annoyed when there's refing where refs make sure that the, even though two teams might be playing like different levels of kind of chippiness or intensity, they like try and even up the calls anyways. Like Montreal had more penalties because they were legitimately earning more penalties. Like they were. Yeah. For the most part, I completely agree, Tom. The one that I thought was pretty bad was when Engvall cross-checked Weber and then Weber cross-checked Engvall and got two minutes. Right. But that was the one where I'm like, okay, that. Hyman had one that was. Hyman had one that was completely soft i forget like it was like just to play anyone else like i've seen a million times in an 82 game season and they called it holding like it yeah true it happened both ways like i i I thought montreal legitimately deserved to be penalized more because they were a less skilled like it looked like they were a less skilled team running around trying to when one team has the puck way more than the other the team without the puck is going to be the one taking penalties yeah like i saw craig berube was complaining in their series like the st louis and colorado one saying colorado's getting all like you know four or five power plays a game and then someone pulled up the stats and through the first three games it was i think st louis had nine penalties called on them and colorado had seven but he's saying but it's like if colorado's all over you guys like you're going to be the one taking penalties because that team's way better than you like yeah, you're they trying can't to keep, keep up. up. They can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think just the the ice was tilted the other night, man. Yeah. The puck I, was I in just... Montreal's zone for what felt like 55 minutes. Like. Yeah, I personally think like, uh, just because like power play time might be even on both sides doesn't mean a game was well refed. You know what I mean? Like I think, yeah. I think it, just the idea that the calls should be right down to the wire even like i think that's stupid once refs in any sport start to try and even it out regardless of what's going on in front of them i always think that's where they get in trouble and games can get stupid so i think toronto like that was a legitimate win uh rasmus sandine apparently decided to touch 98 on that clap bomb i haven't seen a clap bomb that hard on the power play that could actually hit the net since brian mccabe Dion Phaneuf could shoot it that hard, but it was always, it was always chipping the end boards. Justin Hall every once in a while breaks it out. Yeah, but, it beats yeah. Uh, Morgan Riley's muffins from the point. That's for sure, man. So done with that guy, man. He still Can't does wait for him to get out of Toronto. He had a good last game. Like he still does things that kind of remind you that, like he, in terms of puck skills, like he is in the upper echelon of defensemen. But there's so much other shit that happens with him where it's like, come on, man, like you're you're what into the league like seven or eight and you haven't rounded out your game at all yeah i don't want him back if i'm being honest depends on the cap hit but i can't see him wanting to keep like i i see him pricing himself out at toronto quite frankly and if sandine and milgren are any indication of what they can do then i think they'll step right into that at a much lower cap hit I mean, the best thing Riley did was run the was run PP one, and in my opinion, Sandine does that better than him now, let alone into the future. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I tend to agree. So, um, as for right now, he's on the team. So let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope he kind of straightens it out, and because like when he's on his game, like skill wise, he is elite. 
It's just when he isn't on, it can look ugly because he doesn't bring other elements of the game. Like he isn't a lockdown defender. He doesn't kind of mind the gap in his own zone very well. He can get pushed around in front of his own net. He doesn't have a great shot from the point. So you, he can He's out of position little, all the time. Yeah, he can get like a little all too the time. cute instead of just making the easy play. He gets turned around more than any other defenseman I've ever seen in the NHL. Okay, if he fixes this, 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 and this, oh, he'll be a great defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah say he's that not, about um, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, when no, he's on, like, he legitimately that one year had, like, a point per game two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but, man, like, again. Not a lot of it. I'm just saying not a lot of defensemen in the NHL. I don't, I, I'm do not going to go as far as saying I could do it, but there are like, a lot of defensemen well, that could pass the puck to Marner and Matthews and collect secondary assists. Tyson Berry. On power play. Are you saying that like he didn't? He had 46 points in Toronto. No, I'm saying, really? I'm saying he could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I like I'm not that down on Riley. I just think that when it isn't breaking right for him, he doesn't have too many other elements of his game that he can impact it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and he's definitely gonna ask for like eight mil. Yeah. So. And then at that point you say, sorry, man. It's been a nice however many years, but but anyways, Maybe. so like let's just win this series. Like I'll just bring it back to that. Let's just win this series. Do you think there's an even a zero point zero zero one percent chance Edmonton comes back? No. Three oh after the game last night, there's no way. They might win a game, but no. Teams don't come back from three oh. Uh, they do against well, Boston twice. Yeah, no. 3 yeah. series, 3 game seven. Never forget. I can see them making it like to six. I don't know if they are seven even. I, I think it's they... a. Yeah, I could see them losing tonight. They play tonight? They play back to back as well? Yeah, that's the North Division, baby. Don't the Leafs and Habs have a back to back? Yeah, they too. Play tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah. It's kind of a kind of dust. Yeah, in the playoffs, it is kind of dust. But... Are the games at the same time or is it is the Edmonton game later? I think they start at like 9.45 or something, mm-hmm. which I don't know why they wouldn't just pick 10, but I was looking earlier, yeah. Is like the McDavid like overrated talk going to start coming soon if he doesn't start winning? Man, well, Tom's point. been saying it for, for weeks now. At a certain now. point, yeah, you got to win. Dude, how is that on him? At a certain point, you got to win. I heard he had a bad turnover. I didn't watch any of the game, but Twitter told me he three points, had a bad so. turnover. I don't think people are blaming McDavid, though. I looked at Twitter, and everyone's like, oh, poor McDavid. Whereas, like, last year – so I looked at it. McDavid right now is a point per game in this series. Last year, uh, Matthews and Marner were almost a point per game in that Columbus series, and they took a lot of heat for it. Whereas, like, the this – Did you say like, Marner was a point per game? He was – he had, say? like, four assists and – Five games, I think I saw. Like I said, Marner went pointless in eight of nine playoff games. I saw like, eight of his last nine before the last game. I just looked it like I looked it up yesterday, and it said he had four. So if he had that, then they're all in the one yeah. game. He got but, points. Well, all of McDavid's points came in his last game. He was pointless in his first two, and then he got three assists last night. Like I don't yeah, know. Okay, I'm, but I'm on the I'm on the side that McDavid needs to get it done. Yeah, yeah. No, and I agree. I'm saying last year, everyone was sa- – and, like, I think rightly so, people were saying about Matthews and Marner, they need to get it done. 
this time around McDavid, the same thing's happening, but everyone's like, oh, poor McDavid and not, oh, McDavid's got to get it done. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying it's a bit of a double standard. At what point is the best player in the world going to lead his team who's the higher seed and be winning the playoffs? I think that team's so bad, though. Like, without McDavid, like, even if they have dry side, they're probably finishing, like, 25th or lower. Maybe. Yeah, outside of those two guys, like, there's no one else good on that team. Nuge is good. Darnell Nurse is good. Clefbaum. Yo, Tom, yeah, you're why looking at Evan, James Neal, Zach Cassian, like. Yeah, but like they're all in the bottom six, man. Every team has bottom six players that aren't great. Dude, like every team has an their Alex forwards team. outside of those two guys. It's not good. I don't know. A lot of them were taken in the first round. Like I I don't know. I'm I'm just having a hard time being the oh poor McDavid because at a certain point he signed an eight year ten mil deal to be there. He clearly wanted yeah, that to was be a there. Mistake. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for him. I don't care. I mean, I feel the, the same, same way for Eichel. Yeah. Yeah, I I do feel the same way for Eichel. Like, don't sign the deal if you're gonna if you're gonna like act like a martyr when your teams aren't doing well. Okay, you chose to be there. I agree. So true. I wonder if we'll start to see, like, star players sign less term coming out of their entry contract because of these guys. Yeah. I think P.K. Subban did. Like, he signed a bridge deal. So did Braden Point. Yeah. Yeah, but that's different. For different reasons, obviously. Like, those guys are kind of more, like, they're getting to that, like, elite level. And the teams are like, all right, we'll give you two years and then pay you. Yeah. Right. Then they get that big, like, you know, eight plus million, like six year contract. Yeah. It wasn't a Whereas, perfect like, if you get a, No, but I mean, like if you're getting guys like McDavid saying, instead of signing for seven or eight years or whatever he did, he signs for like two at 12 million a year yeah. or whatever he got. Well, like Austin Matthews, I think he signed a five year deal. Yeah, that's a good so point, actually. Yeah. He kind of, he kind of actually did say, like, it kind of. When you do that, you hold your team more accountable. Like, you're not going to tell them, "Hey, I'm locking myself down with you for the rest of time or the rest of my prime," and like they then they can get complacent. Like Matthews, it's like if Toronto isn't, well, by the time his deal's up, if Toronto isn't looking the way he wants to as an organization, you can say, "You guys didn't prove it to me." Like. I, I think that's a better idea anyway. It's like, I don't know. I I find it hard to be sympathetic to McDavid and Eichel, man. I agree with you. They're doing fine, sipping yeah. their wine on some beach in the Caribbean right now. Yeah. Well, I guess McDavid has I a mean, game. McDavid's but... getting ready for a game, but <laughs> maybe tomorrow it'll be a different story. Yeah. Cam, you have any words to say about Boston before we move off the NHL topic? Oh, yeah, they're pretty platform. sick. Well, I, gross. I think I said Ovechkin had four points and they all came. I'm pretty sure they're all in the power play. But other than that, it was Washington's fourth line scoring all these like deflections and kind of greasy goals. Uh, Rask was gross the last two or three games for sure. I will say he stole that last game. Washington had shot them by a ton. Yeah, they were shot by like 20. Yeah. But they could sleep. I think he's no, I'm just <laughs> waiting for him to finish. Uh, past your next goal last night was probably the goal of the playoffs so far. You ever heard of Paul Byron? 
Yeah, Paul Byron goal was Tough nasty. Call. So one A and one B. I haven't seen past for next, but I, I have a funny feeling this isn't even going to be close. You had a nasty peak, but the I unfollowed the you actual down. goal. <laughs> I think I could have did saved. you? <laughs> yeah. I feel like every time I make those tweets, I lose a follower. I told Ben, I hope I'm down to zero by the end of the playoffs. That's clout. We can make that happen. <laughs> that goal from Pasternak is not even close to the same category as Paul Byron. Was it? There you go. I think I, I think There's I a verdict. Cameron, you're the one that has to make your case here. I'm not going to argue for Pasternak. I mean, I have eyes. Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, the Bruins look sick. I think whether they play the Islanders or Penguins, I'm feeling pretty confident going into the next round. I think most importantly, I got a point for our uh, playoff draft when Blake was saying I'd go for three. So, Well, I don't like your Edmonton or your Montreal picks. Montreal's got a chance. Edmonton, I think I'm giving Montreal. up on them, So <laughs> Montreal has like a slightly better chance than Edmonton. I mean, still... And by the when end of tomorrow, that last little... one. No, when it came down to that last pick, and it was Montreal and St. Louis, I'm still glad I didn't pick St. Louis. So, why? Because I mean, they were not close in any of those games. And Montreal, Montreal, maybe... Montreal's at least given me like some hope. They won a game because they decapitated our captain. <laughs> My okay. Bruins are probably yeah, going to so. <laughs> That's fine. I hate to like I I forgot to do one last little I've we I talked about the Leafs to death and Cameron was just talking about the Bruins, but one last kind of thing I need to say about that series is I think Montreal is the biggest group of fake tough guys I've ever seen. Like they're all physical until like Pierre Engvall or Austin Matthews hits one of them and then and then they're like hands up or at the ref and they're like cross checking them in the head after the whistle. It's like you guys are such babies, man. You can't even let, like you. Yeah, you they can't... have to beg, man. They have to beg. It's crazy, man. Like they, like you'd think a, a tough team wouldn't get like knocked around by like literally. Pierre Engvall laid out a pretty big hit and on Paul Byron and the, like Ben Chirot like swooped in. It's like you guys are losers. You're like running around and like letting guys that weigh a hundred pounds soaking wet knock you around. I love playoff hockey so much because I say the exact same thing and I guarantee you there's some kid on a Montreal Canadiens podcast right now who just gave that exact same speech the other way around. I love it. Yeah. One thing I will say is that in game one, Josh Anderson was by far the best player on the ice in pretty much every aspect of the game. Yeah, he likes Um, Maybe besides Price, but Josh Anderson, like in terms of physicality and his goal was disgusting. I thought. Yeah, I think my rant's more for Ben Chirot. Like, he, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess a big cross-checker in front of the net. Well, also, um, low-key... Can I talk about a Guelph Storm guy like that? Christopher Steve. Can we talk about how all the, out of all the Guelph Storm defensemen we've had in history, Ben Chirot is the one that logs the most minutes in the <laughs> NHL? Like, yeah. who saw that coming? I think I was second pairing. Well, I mean, Guelph. Drew Doughty. Okay, yeah, Doughty's, yeah, fair. Yeah. But Chirot was second pairing when he was in Guelph. Like, yeah. I don't – I like, to me, if he never made the NHL, I wouldn't have been that surprised. And he's logging, like, 25 minutes a night. Yeah, Matt yeah, Finn is who knows where now. Yeah, what about, you know, like, Adam Comrie? That guy was a monster in Guelph. 
Did anyone dislike the Felino fight? I thought it was pretty cringy, I it, but I thought it was. I think stupid. you you had to do it, but I I don't think you have to do that. I think you did. I heard Felino was saying like they couldn't see the replay or something, so they're saying like you know we see our captain on the ice like that, like they have to do something. But I think if you Felino see the replay, said to Perry that he knew he didn't do it on purpose. Okay, well then, yeah, I think it's a stupid fight. <laughs> no, but even if it's like. 100% an accident. Like, you, you just watched your captain get carried out of a stretcher four minutes into a playoff, like the first game of the playoffs. Like, And I do think there is something to um, the fact that uh, essentially Felino doing that was like, let's just get this out of the way because if you don't fight there, may, like maybe it bubbles into something worse. You know what I mean? Instead, they like that was his way. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I like his comment his after the game. Where he said he's just wanted to get rid of any gray area. I kind of liked how he described that, but I feel like there wasn't any in this situation. Like Corey Perry looked like he was going to throw up from what he did. What he did, like I feel like there was not, there was no animosity really towards him. Like the air was completely sucked out of the building. Yeah, I gained respect for him when, like, when he did it. Like he did it. With, Could like, you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine? I think the only reason Corey Perry knocked his ass out. What would I they think have done? The only then? reason it became a big deal is because it's Perry. Like, if it was any other guy on Montreal, I feel like it wouldn't have become a big thing. But because Perry kind of has that reputation, I, I think, think if it was Gallagher, why... it would have been even worse. Well, but I, mean, I think regardless like... who it was, like, they would have fought him. Like, I don't think they really said, like, oh, it's Perry, we have to. I saw. Yeah, um... if it's like Kakaniemi coming through and Nistavar's in the head, like, yeah, that's true. you're going to fight Tom, did you see Kakaniemi score the goal in game two and then throw up the four? Yeah, that pissed me off so much. Like, who do you think you are? You're you're health bombed in game so hard. Yeah. You're health bombed in game one, and you throw up before <laughs> after like hitting a. What is that even supposed like to mean? Like, I'm representing the healthy scratches. No, four games. They said they're going to beat oh. us in four games. No, no I, I thought, I thought was... they said on the broadcast it was for the four healthy scratches or something. Like it was something oh. stupid. I it wasn't that about winning four games. Four. No. I thought like, it was for the four. Yeah, I thought it was for the four unanswered goals the Leafs scored after, but. <laughs> but like why are you like repping the four health bombs up in the crowd <laughs> check me I out i just got the ice i feel like that's even worse now that i know that this whole time until right now like this is i thought it was they were saying they were gonna beat us in four yeah yeah i don't know i either way like act like you've been there before cockney i mean i know you haven't been there before but act <laughs> like you've been there before one time i mean he would have been there last year yeah See Caulfield's in tonight. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to who gets health bombed and who doesn't. It seems like he's just uh, rolling. They took Tatar out, man. Yeah, they're just rolling through the conveyor belt. I don't really get it. That's weird, but whatever. <laughs> like Deshaunay, yeah, whatever. We were talking about it earlier. Like Jake Evans is literally your fourth line center. Throw that guy in the raft. Yo, is Philip Deneau actually better than Nick Suzuki? Like, why is he the first line center? Oh. Yeah, like um. Analytics. Everyone says Deneau's, like, so underrated. Yeah. That's – I thought he – I read that – okay, when I, when I saw that Deneau was their first-line center, I went into the the depths of Twitter to see what people were saying about that, and no one seemed to have that big of a problem with it. I thought it's that was like crazy. hockey analytics nerds love Deneau. Like, apparently, in terms of, um, like, uh, net shot generation two years ago, Gallagher uh, – Deneau and I want to say Tatar maybe I forget who the other winger was but it's for sure Gallagher and Deneau that line had like the highest positive like shot generation in the league 
in the league? Yeah, like it of Holy. any line in hockey. I've I think also heard like season. a lot of guys on. I've heard like yeah. a lot of superstars on like Spin Chicklets say that Deneau is like the hardest centerman to play against. Really? I think last year people were saying he should have been like a like a Selkie finalist. Or he was. This is, maybe, this is all people news are talking about him no as like a, one of the best defensive forwards in the league. It's all like I had the literally no idea. Yeah. I saw him as the first line center in game one and was like absolutely mind boggled. I couldn't believe it. He's pretty understated. Like when I watch him, it doesn't wow me, but I'm also not like a huge X's and O's guys. I'm a bit of a dumb dumb and whoever's making sick moves and laying the body, that's who I notice. I don't know the finer points of uh, hockey X's and O's that'd be like, oh, what an understated uh, gap control there by Philip Deneau in the neutral zone. Like, I don't know. It was a terrible trade by Chicago, though. Like, horrendous. Montreal yeah. got Deneau and Romanov for, I think it was Dale Weiss and somebody else. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that is a tough one. Yeah. There's a couple was... bad trades that Chicago made in that time period. I forgot the other one. The last well, the Panarin. Teravinen. Yeah, Panarin was a bad one. Pan- yeah, Teravinen was another. P- Panarin for Saad and then Saad for um, what's-his-face. The Russian defenseman. I know Zadarov. you're talking yeah. yeah, like they lost the – they lost. I saw the take that they lost two different Brandon Saad trades. <laughs> <laughs> like how does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I uh, – I, I feel like I talked a little too much about the Leafs. Uh, do you guys want to uh, – we have a bit of time left. Do you guys have any kind of NBA or um, Phil Mickelson stuff you want to talk about before? I have two hypotheticals. We can run through one. Any any point you guys want to make on NBA or Phil Mickelson? LeBron's face when he got poked in the eye is the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. LeBron's a loser. Uh, like, all I have to say about Phil is I'm – extremely like i'm glad that happened that was fun to watch i thought yeah man the fact that brooks kepka was anywhere even close to the to winning the pga two months after what acl surgery or whatever he had yeah two months i'm like how is this guy even close i I wasn't acl i'm wrong on that but it was some major yeah 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 um the fact he was anywhere even close to competitive was ridiculous in my opinion and then Phil winning was fun to watch. Man, the crowd—they completely lost control of that crowd at the end. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, then Brooks Kepka took an hour to get to the green. <laughs> like he was just lost in a sea of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And like, um, obviously, I would say Tiger's win at the Masters was bigger, but I, I still think that that's a signature, one of the most signature wins we've seen from a golfer in the last decade. I agree. I agree with. And they say Tiger's the oldest. Tiger's the oldest bigger. guy to win a major yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Tiger's is bigger, but to me, this is, might be outside of Tiger's. Might be the most significant win. Yeah. I think Sammy. Remember, couple big ones. Slamming, slamming, Sammy. I no, think this one because the crowd too right was really the first huge like crowd back at a golf event where everyone was watching. I think that played. A huge part in it for sure yeah i agree the crowd was rocking man like I, it was a little ridiculous that it took brooks that long to get to the green but uh in general like i i kind of liked how rowdy it got just yeah a bunch it was of, sick it was yeah. so fun to watch man phil almost got, like there was one point where phil looked like he got mugged did you yeah. see that yeah 
like they showed Phil like in the sea of people and someone's like grabbing him. <laughs> How about the mysterious woman who we never actually got a replay supposedly moved Phil's ball and he ended up getting a better lie out of it. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of I odd, saw that. But... And, then, and then what was the one someone yelled up oh like phil it landed on a t or something did you hear that <laughs> everyone was trying to be a comedian because they knew they were on camera yeah a bunch of bad jokes flying around <laughs> that one gave me laugh a little bit but <laughs> yeah um in terms of pga yeah i caught that last hole uh all i gotta say is that was pretty iconic in terms of uh, and the picture where phil's like like walking like this with all the people behind him was yeah. sick like that, that was, was a sick, sick image yeah. Yeah. Nothing too much I have to say about that. Other than that, though, like I just caught that last hole. Other than that, I was kind of locked more into to the NBA playoff games yesterday. I do agree with Adam that that LeBron thing was nuts. Like how much he milked that, and like there was a bit of a scuffle even. Like um, I didn't notice it at first, but I saw like someone pointed out on Twitter and saw the replay. Like so, LeBron went down. And then uh, campaign, and I forget who on the Lakers got in a bit of a scuffle, and LeBron got up and, like, went over to their scuffle and then collapsed again, and, like, just to make sure he was still on the camera. Like, he, Was this in the Phoenix game or the Golden yeah, State game? In the Phoenix, the Phoenix game. game. Didn't he get poked in the eye in the Golden State game? Too? No, no. He, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's like, oh, I saw three baskets. Oh, and yeah, he was shot like, yeah, at I saw the three middle. rims and I shot at the middle. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. That was, the that was ridiculous. One, the Phoenix one, he just landed funny because um, uh, what's his face? Well, I think it was campaign. Campaign boxed him out on a layup, and like it, it was, it wasn't intentional, but it kind of undercut him a bit. And then LeBron rolled around, rolled around, saw the camera wasn't on him, pretended to like get up and limp back to the bench. But then as soon as he's back in frame, like collapsed again. Like he was no man, I saw everything it. he I was worth. Man, it was Chris Paul that did it, wasn't it? Chris the Paul banana. like hurt his shoulder no, i'm pretty sure he was the one that undercut lebron maybe i'm wrong yeah well he it was like the banana boat crew Brandon you just get a kevin pilar tweet blake no oh i was telling tom and cameron earlier like i saw a tweet that said when kevin pilar got hit in the face by a 94 mile an hour fastball he was on the ground for 34 seconds and lebron got hit in the eye and he was on the floor for 80 seconds and then i oh, saw another tweet? one that said um, when Joe Burrow tore his ACL and MCL, he was on the ground for 76 seconds. Less than LeBron when he got poked in the eye. And the tweet I was going to say was that I saw was Michael Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant spent their pretty much their whole careers trying to convince us they were less injured than they actually were, whereas LeBron has spent his whole career trying to convince us he's more injured than he actually yeah. is. Oh, I completely agree with that. Like, that's kind of – like. For like, you can't diminish LeBron's accomplishments in the resume, but in terms of like, I don't know how people can watch him and some of the other players that have done it and not get how corny he is with some of that shit. Like, that's crazy. I've never seen anything like that guy. I get embarrassing sometimes, man. Like, he makes it so easy for like the Skip Baylesses of the world to clown (laughs) on him. Like, doesn't Skip Bayless love him? No. Oh no, the opposite. I thought he did. <laughs> no, I thought Skip Bayless loved him and hated Kawhi. No, opposite, complete opposite. Skip Bayless didn't went he, through. Didn't he refuse to say Kawhi's name for a long time? He just called him number two. He did that halfway through. Halfway through, when um, just because uh, 
um, because he's from Texas, it was more about him leaving in San Antonio. But oh. um, at the beginning of the playoffs, he tweeted out, even though even though number two, I don't don't like how he left. If he can pull this off with Toronto, I will admit he is better than LeBron James. And then he won oh. the championship, and now he calls him Kawhi Leonard by name again. <laughs> he even had a tweet about how um, Kawhi – Kawhi and the Clippers this year's different they're going to steamroll the West LeBron will be lucky to get out of the, these playing games like Skip Skip is one of like the biggest LeBron trashers in the game he's, he's actually probably the he tweets so much about LeBron people actually think that there's more hate for LeBron than there is NBA Twitter is for the most part overwhelmingly like a bit of a uh, LeBron circle jerk, I would say. But like, because guys like Skip Bayless are like just more like flagrant with their tweets about him. Like people act as if it's like a real debate. If LeBron's one of the best players of all time, like, no, he is. There's just a few people. Anyone that says he's not one of the best players of all time is not even worth arguing with. Like that's a ridiculous take. But he's also one of the biggest losers of all time. So, yeah, I oh, completely agree there. So here, yeah, we got a little NBA talk in there. Um, more mostly just a LeBron, a LeBron bashing session. But uh, so which of let's do one of my hypotheticals to close this out because puck drop's going to be kind of soon. We're cutting yeah, it a little. Cl- it never starts right on seven though so i think we have a bit of time which of my hypotheticals would you guys rather do the olympics or the baseball bat one i don't care i'm good either way surprise us okay um okay let's just end it with uh if you're standing in the soccer field with a baseball bat uh and you got rushed Grade by grade, we'll say a full class size of like 30, grade by grade, and they're all coming for your throat, like trying to kill you. What grade do you think you can make it to before you get overwhelmed and overtaken? My initial thought, I would say probably grade six. Yeah. I was thinking like grade seven, probably. See, I feel like I'm not respecting this hypothetical enough because I feel like I could do it for a class size of 30. I think I could get through the grades. I was going to go like grade four. You're getting the, you can't get through high school. Yeah. Cause like middle school, you you start to get some big, like big guys that would just tackle you. Like there's some great, like. Also when you're swinging a bat, like you can only take out one or two at a time. Yeah. Like it's not like you swing once and 10 of them collapse. Yeah, at a certain grade, it's not T-ball anymore. It's more you got to do a lot more running, a lot more like running away and like strategically picking them off than the first yeah, grade. Like where... my counterpoint to Adam was going to be like, you're not just stand, you're not planting to the ground. Like you can. I think the first are, are, grades, are they 30 of sure the most plant. athletic grade sixes in the world or is it a normal class? Like I think a normal class, which means a few athletes, a few fatties. <laughs> <laughs> Like every shape and size, just kind of a typical. Like if, like, let's say, I think the fact class, kid, you're you're like, working with like maybe three, four good athletes. Also, like, like what determines normal. you being like out, like you like falling to the ground and oh, then you're like you die, like dog pile, dead. 
you got a bunch of I feel like I see the school kids coming at you. I might be I might be totally out to lunch on this. I'll admit that, but I feel like I, for a normal a standard class with like three or four good athletes and a bunch of kids that have never played sports in their lives or have no athletic ability and no strength and aren't like I feel like I could get through that. For me, I think I last as long as I'm still considered tall in that grade, which is like grade four, maybe five. <laughs> <laughs> Once kids start, that's how I, I originally thought, but I forgot about the running part. And I feel like you could outrun grade fours. So I, to me, it's until I can start. So are you running them? Are you allowed to, to just run and then 80. just take one out at a time? That's yeah. what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, yeah so you, you can just run away. You have a whole soccer field to work with. You could you could go. Big. You could back yourself into a corner, and they can only come at you from the front, and then you could just swing away, or you could stand in the mid like you could run away and tire them out i don't know you can do many different strategies here i just think once i'm no like once they're above my eye level it's over for me i think i'll change my answer to like grade eight then knowing that i can like run around and i'm at i'm at minimum i'm making it to high school i'm making it to the high school grades the running thing like i used to coach um like this basketball summer camp like young kids can run forever they might not so have they the can't speed. run they can't run for long after tired. i hit them in the head with a bat they can't run <laughs> no, fast, but, but they won't get or tired. just take out their knees if you're trying to do like the run away like run away because you're faster and tire them out and then pick them off strategy i don't i low-key think like they would actually tire you out first if you tried to do that yeah, I don't think I'm faster. I'm just I doing need, it. I don't need to outrun them until they're t- until they're tired. I need to outrun them until I can take them one at a time. Like, unless yeah. they stay in a group of seven, if I can spread them out, they're not like they're great fours. If I can <laughs> spread them out in any kind of way, and I can just peg one at a time, run a, like five meters, peg another one, and make sure I get my swings in, I'm good to go. It feels like you're playing zombies in COD, where you gotta like run around and get them in like circles. the line. You gotta and then them. just line them up and just start taking hacks <laughs> one after the other. Yeah, when you get to like the one, like when you get to the stage in Call of Duty Zombies, and you like get them to chase you, and they're all clumped in a, like you almost get them in like a giant yeah. pool almost. And you just turn and shoot, turn yeah. and swing. I don't know. I still think like I, I they would overtake me around the grade four or five range, I think. This is also assuming I get to like rest and reload between grades. I don't so think I'm, you get a lot of time. No, you get, you get wave after wave after wave. <laughs> it's no, kind of like the same amount of time as you get in zombies. <laughs> yeah, you get like which your isn't like five, a lot. 10 second window and then they start coming at you again. Okay, that changes things a lot. Yeah, that changes maybe, things maybe, a lot. Maybe, I don't know if I can get it past grade two then. Well, how how much time did you think you'd get? Like, I don't know. Yeah. They don't come out. Day, I was thinking yeah, you'd have yeah, you'd have like full stamina going. That's like taking that's like taking BP for like three hours straight. Like, yeah, yeah. I was I was assuming full stamina for each grade. For sure not. That's not that's not what I was thinking. I was like they're coming at you wave after wave, like zombies. Hmm. Yeah, that would that would definitely drive the amount of grades I can handle down. Well like sure. that's what <laughs> that's why I was saying I don't think the running could work. Like because you're running for yeah. Okay, I feel like I felt like I was out to lunch on the question based on your answers versus what I was thinking, but I get it now. I was assuming full stamina yeah. that whole time. No, okay. I that's why I thought, like, once they get a little more athletic at grade four and five, a little bigger, I'm toast. Like, I, see. I was I was assuming full stamina, where I like get a night, a good night's sleep. I come back and face the grade twelves. No. I'm like, I could handle the grade twelves. 
like you know oh you you could you you oh, I did, if I, I had a full night's like, if I came if I came and the only thing I had to face that day was a 30 grade 12s a standard class I think I could take them of high schoolers I think no, you have a lot more athletes come high school yeah well, depends. Is it is it a grade twelve science class or is it a grade twelve gym class? But even athletes take science class. Yeah, I know, but there's less. There's less than in gym class in grade twelve. I'm just trying to drive the numbers down. I'm not trying to get. I, I say you just take the average. Like you get, you like your few athletic kids, your few like, you know, music and art kids, and then everyone in between. Yeah. What are you saying about music and art kids, Cam? And they're not usually the most athletic guy. Probably a few like skids that just pack darts, but they, they say can skids. Take it. Yeah, yeah, a few of the kids that hit. just hang out across from <laughs> across from Tim Hortons all day. Walk it. Well, those that it, like the that means nothing pit, to Tom or Adam. <laughs> the smokers could from, just every 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 school them. has those kids though. I got what he's yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just stood at the lights by my school. By the bike racks. Oh, the bike rack is wow. <laughs> yeah. Did David Suzuki them? ever uh, go to your school, Adam? Yeah, he was at my grad, actually. That's cool. Gave me a speech. Really? Kind of lost me halfway through. Really? Yeah. Guy cares about the environment, but he flew in on his private jet. <laughs> Ridiculous. Guy's what a poser. poser. He was actually there twice. He He took a sailboat across the world. (laughs) He was there my first year, and then he came for our grad because we were the first graduating class. So he flew in twice, eh? I guess so. All right, so before we kind of wrap up, let's kind of – so what what was your answer to that hypothetical, guys? I said grade four or five. I'll settle on grade six. I'm going grade six, too. Are you saying you'll get through grade six or grade six is your downfall? downfall. I might die at grade six. I'll get through it. I'll have some confidence. I think I get through grade six and grade seven, I have some issues. Yeah, I think I agree with that answer. I think I get through grade six. Okay. I guess On a I'm good day, uh... I get through grade seven. But that's me at my best and them at their worst. So I guess I'm respecting these kids too much. I, I do not <laughs> think I'm getting through grade four or five. I think. I think I'm just going to get trampled. But uh, that's the game, man. That's the game. Hopefully the, hopefully the <laughs> Leafs the trample game. them tonight, man. Hopefully the Leafs trample Montreal tonight. That's all I have to say. Hopefully we squash them. Yeah, just like uh, – Nice call back like to old the beginning Donnie of the episode. Well, Donnie on the racquetball court. Donnie racquetball. Guys, no one, no one better – no one better at hitting a racquetball than Don. It's true. Better no, athletes, better. sure, but just straight up hitting it. Okay, here's a hypothetical. Out. You're standing in the middle of a field and 30 Donnie racquetballs come running at you. <laughs> All you have oh, is a racket. It would be a run. It How would many not be can a you run. take out? <laughs> All you have is a racket. Donnie doesn't Donnie have either ACL, man. Out. It would not be a run. It would be a, <laughs> it'd be a shuffle. All right, but still, how many can you take out? How many Donnies can I take out? Endless waves? Out of 30. Endless waves. Well, based on the way you've hyped this guy up, I say you take out like three and then you're toast. Well, do do I have a baseball bat? No, you have a you have a racket. racket. Does he have a racket? 
Yeah. All the Donnies have rackets. Oh well, then. Oh, Donnie doesn't leave home without his one, Donnie yeah. doesn't leave. Donnie doesn't leave home without his racket. That'd be a crazy hypothetical. Well, then what kind of hypothetical is that? That's like a thirty v one with racket. <laughs> with racket. Yeah, but you're like, saying this guy can't. Yeah, make, but you said so. you said you could take him for days. Yeah, yeah but, but all they have to do is get in a circle. Racket. They have to get in a circle, slowly move in on me, and then it's just they're hammered well, it's down. On you on not to allow them to assemble into a circle like they're the Power Rangers. Get in before that. I'm just saying, man, uh, he's got old man strength and 30 of them with, all with rackets armed. Like, that's a bloodbath for me. Like, I am the bloodbath. I feel like Donnie, if he had any choice of any weapon in the world, he's he's choosing a racket. Like, that guy's AK-47 like, rocket, he's taking a racket. That's all I need. So. AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I, I hear, I hear, I th- like, part of me thinks that, but then part of me is like, no, nah, he would never do any damage to the racket. That's yeah, true. Well, if you give all thirty, he respects Johnny the game the too much. Too. He'll know all... how to hit someone with the racket without damaging the racket. If you give all you'll thirty, a, you'll get a Donnie's... steel racket out. Yeah, I was gonna say that if you give all thirty Donnie's a racquetball with the rackets, then it's it's even qu- a quicker fight. Like they all just serve the ball right through me. <laughs> it's like I am getting hit by an AK forty-seven. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, big game. I just tuned tonight. out for like a second there, and then popped back in, and you guys are just all dying about Don. <laughs> hey, you well, missed you, it, man. You, uh, you had to be there, Adam. I don't know what else to tell you. Just like we all have to be there in front of our TV sets tonight as the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Montreal Canadiens. See you nice. next week, folks. We'll give you all all the hockey talk you can handle next week. Have a good one. Go, buds.